0: How will platforms driven by data be the future of retail banking? I'm Sineva Kolostiak, and in this episode of the IBS Intelligence Podcast, I'm speaking to Paul Brennan, Head of Product Management at Irish core banking platform provider Leveris. Thanks for being here, Paul. We're going to delve deeper into data in a minute, but first, let's look at Leveris. Can you tell me about the company as well as your role as Head of Product Management?
1: Yeah, look, so... Ostensibly at Leverage, we're we're a core banking provider, but actually we're a lot more than that. So we spent the last five and a bit years building the brand new retail banking platform solution from scratch. It's designed on modern core technology architecture and driven by APIs throughout right down to the modular core in in the bank. We're full stack. And what does that mean? That means we provide back-end middleware and front-end interfaces as well on top of that to deliver an entire retail banking solution, both on the, the banking side of the house and lending side as well. In terms of our business model, we're providing our software, obviously by SaaS, so straight up software as a service to regulated financial entities. So those with a license or an e-money license, banking license. And since the middle of this year, we've been providing banking as a service or BAS, you know, in conjunction with the software. So we have partnered up with a European license entity to provide the license and the compliance layer as well. And that comes in conjunction with our software so it enables us to support clients looking to launch digital banking solutions who don't have a banking license in terms of the platform itself in terms of what we've built out there's a couple of key principles it's cloud native that makes it much cheaper to run the technology infrastructure of a bank right now we've got it infrastructure capex down to the point where it's a non-issue the entire platform is modular with apis throughout so it's much faster to extend and innovate on than legacy systems we provide end-to-end delivery as i said so we full end-to-end solutions with integrated partners that, that allows us to speed to market. We recently delivered a version of our digital bank product for a client in 12 weeks, which is pretty fast, right? And, and as well as that, I suppose what we're going to talk about here a bit more is data is fundamental and integral to our platform. So I like to say that data is in our DNA, and it's the DNA of the platform. The customer is at the heart of the platform is the platform's heart with the single view of the customer and all of the data points throughout the entire system relate to the customer. Personally, I head up the product function at Leverus. I'm really responsible for everything to do with the product agenda across the board. So both internally within our organization and in terms of supporting clients, my team would work on things like we designed a product strategy, obviously for the company. We manage the product roadmap on behalf of the company and key initiative prioritization. My teamwork, they work hand in glove, with our dev teams so we've about 120 devs split between the czech republic and belarus minsk and, and prague um, to deliver the more sort of granular elements of the product and, and get the best outcomes we're also heavily involved in, in our client products projects making sure clients get the most from the platform and generally just keeping up to date with you know market trends making sure we're on top of delivering a superior product so all in all loads of stuff you know
0: this brings us to what we are going to talk about today which is data What role does it currently play within retail banking, would you say?
1: Yeah, I think the banks today would tell you a lot, right? But within the existing income and banks, nowhere near enough is the simple answer, in my view, you know. Look, there's banks out there that are taking this seriously and making some really good improvements in in a number of different areas. Things like behavioural modelling, lead generation, fraud detection, all of those kind of things. And there's banks investing a lot of time, effort and money into these things. And even some of the more future thinking stuff, there are green shoots coming out through the, the banks. But the truth really is though that when we look at financial services as an industry data is it's in its absolute infancy you know particularly compared to other industries that we see globally the institutions today look the crazy thing is that they're sitting on some of the richest data in the world but they're massively underutilizing it because there's a number of reasons one the worst one in my view is they don't understand the value of the data you know so There's still banks out there that see data as a cost or compliance burden and it sits on a cost line on the P&L and they don't do anything with it. Probably what you see more of, though, is that they're unable to access their data properly because it's fragmented across multiple systems and completely unreliable. And they can't actually access it in a way to use it properly or to be able to execute different strategies on the back of. And the final point of why they're underutilizing would be that they don't know how to utilize or monetize their data effectively because they don't have the mindsets or the structures in place to achieve this, right? So that's the problem that the incumbent banks are having or the traditional banks, if you like, and you see that globally, it's not just a European thing or an American thing. It's quite prevalent for older banks around the world. What I do see is the banks and institutions who do get the value of data are driving forward with innovative solutions built on data that tend to be the newer banks built with completely different business models and mindsets to the older banks. And if you want to look for where we're going, you know, it's look at place like China and Russia, see how banks in these places are managing to create new versions of banks that don't just focus exclusively on banking products, but utilize the customer's data, you know, to provide them a wider ecosystem of products and services that suit the customer's own tailored requirements, all based around the banking app though. From our perspective at Leverus. We've understood this right from the start. You know, when we started building our platform from scratch, we fundamentally believe that data usage and analytics will become the key battleground in financial services over the next decade and beyond, to be honest. And that the institutions that win in this world will be the ones that can utilize data, to deliver personalized experiences, products and services, whether they're existing financial products or newer ones, but that they're delivering them to their customers in a way that tangibly benefits the customer at the point in time when they need it. And we're just not seeing that much of that in retail banking in a traditional sense at the moment.
0: So how can core banking platforms leverage that data that the banks have to benefit, I guess, both the bank and the end user?
1: Yeah, look, it is a platform world and it's going to become a platform world even more so. Um, For me, customer centricity is the key and banks and financial institutions really need to ask themselves, do they truly understand their customer properly? And are they building the structures and solutions to service that customer need, you know? And what is the actual customer need, you know? The customer need is never to originate a loan or maximize an APR outcome, unless you're a complete nerd like me (laughs) who's worked in banks for years. The customer wants to maybe buy a car or save for a holiday or whatever else we do in our lives. And getting the finance solution in place is only one part of that customer need, right? So the question bankers need to ask is, How can I facilitate the actual real customer need uh, with my service at the core of that journey and that execution? And for me, this is where modern platforms can come into their own, you know, whereby third party elements of a journey can be incorporated into a banking solution. So banks actually have a brilliant opportunity rather than being sort of picked out on the edges. They have a brilliant opportunity to become the central hub of people's lives and their lifestyles if, if they can get it right. Flexible banks of the future, in my view, will become a platform that can support a customer's lifestyle, not just a product service or financial product service. So banks that, you know, advocate for customers and saving them real money while taking, you know, a fair profit. That's the way I believe banking will go in the future. Let's take an example, right? So if you were to, we talk about holidays, right? But given the current scenario, maybe it's not that normal at the moment. But for example, from the data that you have on the customer, you know, the customer went to New York last year on holiday. So why not alert them to the latest deals you have for them for Majorca in March when you know they booked their holiday at that time last year? The customer could come through the bank platform, access travel agents where they can get a special bank deal which you've procured for them on their behalf because you have a strength of numbers in terms of your customer base. They can purchase the holiday through a seamless credit experience using existing financial data. Things like travel insurance could be added on and then you bring in other partners with ads and offers that you've again procured on the customer's behalf. I, I don't know. So you could provide them discount tickets to the water park for their family or you know, book a taxi from the airport. All these things could be integrated within a single experience to enable the customer. Now that's a simple example, right? Like holidays. It could be something mm. a lot more tangible and a lot more beneficial to the customer or it could be something very basic, right? But you should be able to personalize the experience based on customer data and information you have on the customer. So, you know, a family man sees completely different options to the young student. The utilization of the platform in this way, it becomes a win-win for everybody, right? From a customer's perspective, the bank has advocated on behalf of the customer, right? They've got them a better deal, putting real money in their pocket or giving them a better experience than they would have otherwise been able to achieve. And the experience and the options are offered to them at the relevant point of time, not just some blah ad that they receive on Google on a regular basis, for example. From an advertising merchant perspective, they're happy as they have a captive customer base that gives them the option to be much more surgical and targeted in, in the types of customers they present their offerings to. It's really effective use of marketing dollars versus AdWords or whatever that looks like. Uh, and the bank wins, right? Because this is a new revenue stream whereby they can earn en- income from advertising vendors or third parties. And it can all be done if they do it in the right way on a platform where they maintain control of the customer relationship and don't pass it off into other people. And for me, this is a fundamental shift that we're slowly seeing creep in in the banking business model. You know, it will have an impact on cost-to-income ratios for me uh, and potentially make that current account proposition cost-neutral or even really revenue-positive, which is something no bank in the world is achieving right now. By utilising data as the cornerstone of the banking platform solution that banks can really advocate for and benefit customers while at the same time, you know, improving their own revenue positions and improving their own business models through the platform model.
0: Mm. When it comes to data, that's something big tech has a lot of and they are eager to expand their data sets and enter financial services. So is that something that you see as a positive or will the, I guess, increased competition be a negative?
1: For me, it's all about the model and the who owns power within the model. So I would love to see it come to a position where the power lies with the individual. At the moment, if you look at Google or Facebook or whatever sits with them, you give up your data to these guys and they utilise the data if and how they want. I'd like to see a model whereby... The banks, or if it's one of the the tech providers that enters financial services, is advocating for the customer, but the customer has control of how that data is used and where it's put and how it's put into place. I think if that model is the one that becomes pervasive, then tech firms coming in and starting to deliver to financial services is potentially a good thing. That's not how they behave today. (laughs) Um, So I, I do question it, and I do wonder which of the models is going to work. I don't see an issue with it if the tech companies come in and people are starting to have control of what they do and how their data is used. But if it's not that case, then it's probably negative from my Hmm. perspective.
0: When it comes to data sharing, what challenges do we currently have that we still need to overcome?
1: I remember about five years ago when PSD2 came out from the EU regulator, you know, and from the commission there, and it was serious hype around it, you know, and there was a lot of commentators saying, We're in for a revolution in how we bank on the back of this legislation. But, you know, by now we should all be kind of using whatever banking interface we want and plugging into different services and platforms, however we want. And that was five years ago. We should be there now. The truth, of course, is that the application of the rules that have been put in place has been very fragmented, in my view. It's been executed differently by every bank, and there's not really anybody delivering compelling customer solutions at scale at all um, right now. We've seen some good stuff come through and some good use cases, but nothing being delivered at scale. That's, for me, really compelling. There's just a lot of friction still in it in terms of representing a holistic solution. And the main reason is because the incumbent banks have created this friction right, in the use of open banking for two reasons. One is on purpose, (laughs) you know because they want to hold on to the customer's information and not make it difficult for other platforms and people to access it. So that's one thing. And the other thing is what I was speaking about earlier is a lot of them are unable to do it, right? They find it really hard. You know, their IT systems are simply not capable of delivering the kind of things that PSD2 is built to to support. And they're basically viewed as a regulatory burden to get through. So look, how does this improve or where does it go from, you know, I suppose, and you know, where do we bring forward and how do we get through these problems? Well, look, I'd love to think that there's, there's a really smart FinTech out there who's going to execute a product or a service that's so compelling, right, that customers are going to insist on banks supporting it and putting pressure on them to do so. You would have seen this a lot in uh, Apple Pay and Google Pay, right, the banks were very reticent to get this on their platforms, but the wave came to say, look, the consumer sentiment said they wanted it, so, so banks had to get it on there, right? But I also think, you know, at uh, the next level of intervention could speed this along a bit. I'm not sure it has to be concrete regulation, PSD3 or whatever you want to call it, but but better alignment and consistency of standards would go a long way. The other thing I would say in terms of data share, you know, when, when I think about this stuff, I also believe that PSD2, it's, it's only the starting point here. You know, when I look at the APIs for PSD2, In particular, I know there's other open banking standards and whatnot, but but PSD2 is the one I'm closest to. It really only covers accounts, cards and payments, right? Which is good coverage. It's decent. But where this really needs to go in the long term, and it's back to some of the points I was making earlier, is the creation of an online digital identity for a customer, incorporating all of the personal information and a platform that enables the customer to allow third parties access to different parts of that identity for different periods of time. And I don't see any reason why banks couldn't become the trusted custodians of that digital entity because they already have the financial component of it, right, and provide a, a wider service for their customers. So there's a lot of problems in there at the moment. I don't think it's working the way it was intended, but there's also a lot of opportunity that I could see coming down the line. If we can get the ducks in a row, as they say.
0: Yeah, you mentioned digital identity. Are there any other developments that you would like to see in this space and how would you see it evolve over the next couple of years?
1: When, when you look at digital identity, I do think it's it's a tricky one, right, um, because it's very personal and it's unique to each individual. So I do think there's probably a bit more of a long tail on this, but where could it go, right? And where could you bring it? Well, you could have a digital identity whereby different components of your life are compartmentalized on it. So you've got your health information in one place, you've got your financial information in another place, you've got, I don't know, your phone your information in another spot, right? And through a platform, you have the ability to allow third parties to access components of that digital identity for different purposes and at different times. So your health information, you only allow access to a doctor examples A doctor requests access for your health information you have control of that information and you allow the doctor to see it for 24 hours and you're you're strict on control then in your financial information you may have you may say look i want these ads and offers solutions that, that this particular provider is going to give me based on my financial information yes i'm going to provide that details to them and then i receive whatever i receive from that provider and i think that's a model that people could really get behind if it's secure I think it's a model that people would buy into if they can see the tangible benefit of that, you know, and not just from a security perspective, but also from a financial perspective. Right. So by giving my information and controlling my information, can I monetize that? Can I actually earn money, you know, by saying, yes, you can access my information, but I'm going to charge it? That's how I'd love to see it go. I do think we're a good bit away from that. And a long way off. Although you know, you see some of this stuff in China going on at the moment now. It is a bit government controlled. So you know you've got to take that with a pinch of salt, to be honest. But like from a pure technology perspective, you know, you can see some of this stuff happening. Obviously, I'd like to see it as more of a, an individual controlled capability come into the market. In terms of the data stuff, I think the template for where this needs to go is already there actually. and um, when you look at the likes of WeChat and Alipay in China. Or Tinkoff Bank in Russia, who who do some really cool stuff over there, actually. I'm kind of jealous of what they can achieve right now. And they're providing customers an ecosystem of services based around their customers or people's data, right? So I think this has the potential to be extremely powerful. And I'd love to see the model where it becomes more prevalent in a way that empowers the customer and the individual. That provides relevant services for them to support their financial well-being people in the general well-being as well and i think the banks have a great opportunity here because they have the customer basis and in theory they have the customer data if they can collate it and put it in the right place and i i feel the banks that will succeed will fall into two categories actually within about a decade they'll embrace this new model really advocate for their customers and demonstrate new value for them through a platform solution or they'll become utility providers right whereby they provide the financial plumbing and manufacture products in an efficient way. There's very few banks in the world achieving this right now, I can tell you. So that's the way I think the space will evolve. The others, I think, that don't follow those those models, I think, will slowly see the customer base eroded over time or they'll see the value-add services that they provide being provided by others who sit on top of their data there. So they're, they're incurring all of the costs but getting none of the revenue benefit. And I do feel that banks need to take this very seriously now, address these things, because I think you will start to see this happen in the next five years. Personally, look, I'm hopeful they'll come to people like us at Leverisk because we've built the platform to specifically support our clients for this kind of change in the market dynamics that we see coming, you know.